0: Our first scripture reading this morning is actually our main theme verse from Vacation Bibles to the Lord, as we called it with our space theme, our vector verse. So it's Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So, last week we started this conversation about revival. We started talking about what it means to experience revival both in general and in your life. Revival, you know, is one of those words that, especially within the church, calls to mind a specific image. For many of us, when we think of revival, we think of Maybe a tent or people gathering in a church or field for a week straight where they can hear the word of God proclaimed, where they can feel their spirit renewed, where they can hear the gospel once again with fresh ears wherever they are at that point in their life and recommit to God. But the truth is, revival is something that's so much bigger than just an event like that. Revival is something that Oftentimes, especially now, is experienced in more subtle ways, in quieter moments, moments of small groups or with a few friends, telling you the message of the good news. What we lo- what we learned last week, what we saw, and we're left with, was that revival, if it's going to happen, has to have two truths about it. First. It has to be guided by the Spirit. Revival is not something that we can make happen just by doing the right things. Because, as we know, if, no matter how hard you try, no matter how good of a person you try to be, it's never enough to bring salvation or to bring you close to God. Because the natural state of our heart, the natural tendencies of our souls is not to chase after God. In fact, it's quite the opposite. We tend to run away from God. But when guided by the Spirit, when transformed by the power of God, we can be changed away from people that run from God and into people who run towards Him instead. We can be changed into new people and brought to life abundant. And the second thing that we learned about revival is that if it's going to happen, it has to be centered around the gospel. There's a lot of things that we can focus on in the church and in our lives, but none of them will bring revival other than the message of Jesus Christ. What we know about the gospel, the story itself is pretty straightforward. We know the gospel story, but the message is something that has so many different sides. It brings with it so many different truths into life. So many things that we can learn about God. And what we lifted out last week in particular was that the gospel message says that our salvation and our revival in God is not based on what we can do. It's not based on doing all of the right things, but rather it's based on what Christ has already done. In your life, that means that your practices, while it's good to do good things, your practices should always be built solely on submitting to God, opening your heart to the work of His Spirit in your life, and through those things coming to closer and deeper relationship with Him. Now one of the things that you learn if you spend some time with other Christians or in a church, is that it's really difficult to separate individual faith and community faithfulness. And this applies to revival, too. Individual and community revival are hard to separate because they're based on the same thing. They're linked in the same way that an individual's faith is linked to the church. Now, hear me when I say this is not to say that you cannot have faith without being tied to a church— It is saying that God designed us to be in relationships with one another and to grow together as his people. Because when you're in a community of faith, that's a community where you can share each other's burdens and where other people are walking alongside you and supporting you as you support them because all of you are pursuing the same end. It's a powerful thing. And it's hard to separate the individual from the community once you start to grow into that. In the church, the fact that individual revival and community revival are so linked means that we have to recognize that the only way we can experience revival in a community, whether as small as a family or bigger like a church or a small group, or denomination, or the church throughout the world. If we want to experience revival, we need to recognize that that is entirely dependent on individual people seeing the faithfulness of Christ and accepting the gift that he has so graciously offered. In the church, that means that we need to spend less time talking about growing the church, growing the organization, and more time talking about growing the kingdom. Because as we we bring the message of Jesus Christ to people, as we see individuals have encounters with His Spirit that change them and change their lives, then they will be brought into community with the church at large. And that's what it means to grow the kingdom. That's what it means to experience revival as a community. We have to have revivals for individuals as well. This brings us to our scripture this morning, our main scripture reading, which is from Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 through 6 and 9 through 12. Now, I said in the early service that this is something that was often overlooked, unfortunately, because I love the book of Nehemiah. But then afterwards, I had somebody come up to me and say, oh, I'm reading Nehemiah right now, and this group that I mentioned we had came and said, oh, we were actually serving in a place called Nehemiah's house. So, maybe that's not the case. I don't know. But, our scripture this morning, as I said, is from Nehemiah. Now, if you're not familiar with the story of Nehemiah, let me give you just a little bit of background. Nehemiah was a man, a Jew, serving under a foreign king whose armies had occupied the land of Israel had been there for generations by this point, and Nehemiah was far disconnected from his people. But word got back to him that the city of Jerusalem, what was supposed to be the center of their kingdom, had fallen into a state of disrepair. The structures were failing, the wall had crumbled, and it said that it was a disgrace to the people of God. And Nehemiah didn't have to do this, but he did the courageous thing and went to the king and said i want to go and help my people rebuild their city and the king told him okay you can go and you can rally your people and you can rebuild and so he did just that with the help of ezra a priest they rallied the people they rebuilt the walls and the structures of the city They got it functioning with a a good government. They even had people stationed on the walls to keep them safe. They were able to fill all of the positions, get all of the programs back in order. And yet when Nehemiah looked around, he realized that Jerusalem was still just a shell of what it was supposed to be. A shell of its former self. It was a place with no justice with no righteousness and no faith in God. And this brings us to our scripture this morning. Hear now the word of the Lord. All the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seven month. Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him, on his right, stood Madithiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Harkiah, and Messiah. And on his left were Padiah, Meshel, Melkajah, Hashem, Hashpadana, Zechariah, and we Ezra opened the book, all the people could see him because he was standing above them, and as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy. Because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Uh, the story of Nehemiah, and the people of Jerusalem, is an amazingly powerful one. You need to understand that these were people who had been separated from this scripture for their entire lives, for generations, to the point where. When it says all those who understood were in attendance, many people had forgotten their language, had forgotten how to understand even the language in which scripture was written. Imagine the power of coming together in the holy city of Jerusalem and hearing scripture read for the first time in your life. That's what was happening for many of these people See, everyone could see that things weren't as they were supposed to be and that they weren't as they once were. And they knew that they wanted things to get better, but they didn't know how to move forward on their own. They didn't know how to find that revival in their hearts. But Nehemiah and Ezra saw that the critical piece that was missing, the thing that was preventing them from being fully restored, was hearing. Scripture read once again. They restored their walls, but only by hearing Scripture could they be revived in their hearts. Friends, I think this is a message that we at every level in our Christian lives need to hear. Like I said, whether we're talking about just a family or a small group or even our church or the church at large. Before we can build that community, before we can build up the church, we have to hear the word of God proclaimed. Don't get me wrong, we can see growth without it. There are plenty of organizations all around the world that are growing at amazing rates. We can see growth without it, but we can never see revival without it. Remember, the central factors in revival are being convinced of sin and amazed by grace. We see the people of Jerusalem go through this exact process. It's to the point where Ezra and the people who are teaching them the law have to go and say, don't mourn. You have nothing to mourn or weep for. This is a holy and good day. This is a day for celebration. what the people were experiencing when they heard the word proclaimed to them for the first time in their lives was the realization that all of their hardship, their spiritual emptiness in their lives and in their city was all because they'd forgotten the word of God. They'd forgotten how to relate to God. And for that, they were mourning. But that's only the first part of this message, to realize What has been is only useful so far as it shows us the amazing grace that God has for us. When Ezra proclaimed, this day is holy to the Lord your God, do not mourn or weep. And in fact said, you need to be feasting. He was doing that because he was trying to tell the people, this is a day for celebration and rejoicing. Because what was once lost is now found. People who'd forgotten about God had been restored into relationship with Him again. Revival had begun. This is a time for celebration. Revival is a process: first conviction, but then we can't stop there. Then it goes on to joy and celebration. And in their joy, the people who were there, who were present, and who could understand, were told to go and take food. those who were not there and who had nothing of their own. See, part of celebration, both then and now, is carrying that joy to people outside. That's how we can share the good news, is by going to people and saying, look at this amazing thing that's happened. Hear this amazing good news that I have heard and believed and celebrate with me. And for us within the church, as we look to revival, as we look within our families for revival, what we need to be looking for is the joy of Scripture, the joy of the Gospel message that comes from hearing the Word of God. When people carried food and took this celebration out to others, they were doing more than just carrying a meal. People who were divided were reunited. And people who didn't know each other were brought together. And it was all because they were rallying around this message. The word of God. For us in the Christian church, as we rally around the good news of Jesus Christ, that gospel message which is so, so important and so amazing to us, what we can find is that we can be reunited with people from whom we were separated. We can be brought together with new people all together. The only way that this is possible, the only way that revival like this can happen, is when we come together around the message of the gospel. Revival brings us closer to each other by bringing us closer to God. When we worship and celebrate together, We're rallying our community around the only message that actually matters. Because bonds built on the message of Jesus Christ are strong, unbreakable. And friends, if we grow to an amazing size, if we have the biggest crowd in town but don't have the Spirit of God, if we became massive and yet didn't hear His Word, then we would have nothing at all. So let us go out from here with worship and celebration. Let us go seeking community with one another. And through that community, and in that community, seeking revival in our own lives and with one another. Thanks be to God. Amen.